following is an exclusive Disruption Network production. Welcome to Hold the Sarcasm, hosted by Carlo Russo. It's going to be fun for um, a lot of uh, people to see another side of the Uncle Louie Variety Show. Lou Greco. But if she's drinking two drinks, run. And Anthony Z. Donaldson. I love it, by the way. I Z do. I, I have it on right now. You are listening to Hold the Sarcasm. Oh, we got the gong now. We got a new present. I see that. We need to have... That's the gong. Bong. Welcome, everybody, back to the podcast. We've been gone for about uh, Four two weeks. Four days. No. Two weeks. We missed a week. Yep. So um, we are back. Hold the sarcasm. We have in the house today and every day, Z behind the mic on the one-twos. I'm loaded got, with bells. We got Z on the one-two, and we have Lou on the one. I'm on the one. And I'm, I'm on the one. And, uh, he just did a number two, so he's yeah. on the number one. I got two, one, <laughs> That's what that smell is. I did a number that's, three. He did that. That's a, that's a piss and a shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I smell really, it's horrible. We smelled enough of his colon this uh, weekend in Pittsburgh. Right. <laughs> so, boys, what's going on? And you're truly Carlo. What's up? What's up, Z? Nothing, man. Just, hey, first off, yeah. guys, I want to thank you for a wonderful time we had in Pennsylvania. Was it? Uh, it was a blast. I love it. We had a lot of fun, and thank you for making me a part of your show. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Our pleasure. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, um, <laughs> we asked uh, Z and Gabe to, uh, you know, just to hang out. Uh, at first, we were just, you know, like, hey, let's do a road trip kind of thing. Um because we've been all locked up, obviously. And then it just kind of happened that uh, we made him the MC of the yeah. <laughs> all three shows. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so uh, that worked out really well. He's a professional, obviously. So he got out there in five minutes uh, without even knowing that he was going to do that. And, made uh, it happen. He made it happen yeah. for us. Three sold out shows and he did it. And uh, we thank you. Thank you. And, um, I think you're on the books now. <laughs> I'm on the books, right? <laughs> you are with us. And Gabe. Uh, I need we that calendar. Th- so. Right. We want to thank, yes. We want to thank Gabe for uh, being the man behind the scenes with uh, merch. Mm-hmm. And uh, always running in the green room going, somebody wants to meet you. We're just like, get away from us. We're, we're, <laughs> we're in our moment. No. But uh, we met some good people we'll talk about, right? Oh, for sure. We met yeah. some great people. But we had some fun. I want to give a huge shout out to Craig Sesty. Yes. yes. Right? Big shout out to our boy Craig. He was awesome. Dressed up just like Uncle Louie. I think people thought it was him. <laughs> Going through the he going through the crowd, he was, he was fantastic. Uh, we've got we got uh, biscottis, yeah, barbecue, barbecue sauce. sauce. Uh, unbelievable! What a great guy, and just a genuinely great great person. His and his wife, um, and his whole crew, so crew. He had a whole crew. Yeah, with yeah, him. like eight, oh, yeah. yeah, eight people with him. Have you tried the barbecue sauce? Yes. No, you I, have. I had it all I week. Yes, it was nice. Lou, Very I good. want to turn his name into an adjective. Like, that shit is Craig Sesty. <laughs> right? That's right. how it was delicious. I loved it. It was how about Seth, nice and Craig, sweet. It was yeah. oh, so good. I, I was, loved it, it. was it um, spicy at all? It was Craig Sesty. Sesty, yeah. yeah. Craig Zesty. Zesty. <laughs> That's what I was going to go with. Craig Sesty. Zesty. Zesty. Yes. Craig Zesty. Zesty uh, barbecue sauce. Oh, it was delicious. So, um, so we, we had that, and uh, and we met some people. We also, you, my, myself, uh, and Gabe, 
we went to a famous place. I can't remember the name right now. Permenti Brothers. Permenti Brothers. Yep. And uh, we had their uh, their their sandwich. What they're known for. It's like everything in one: French fries, uh, tomato. You you had it. What, what did it have in there? Coleslaw, fistful of meat. Uh-huh. I mean, it was the biggest sandwich I think and, I ever stuffed in my mouth. And they give you a knife. To cut it with, they right, stick right. a knife right in the middle of that yeah. thing, and like you got to cut it yourself. Is that Italian bread or thick? It's just bread. white bread, just actually. I think it was bread? white bread with like a hard crust. Almost. God, it looks so hearty. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I had the same thing, but I had mine in a like a uh, Reuben style. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was. I couldn't finish it. Obviously, yeah. I, I, I had half of it. You had half. Gabe ate the whole goddamn thing. He did. Whole goddamn thing. <laughs> and he's a tiny boy, and he ate the goddamn thing. He did. So we went there. And we didn't have time to do anything else, though. Really, I love going to restaurants that need that that like feeds the food culture of that yeah, yeah. town. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. And we asked a lot of people from Pittsburgh, "What's the thing to do in Pittsburgh? What's the signature right. dish?" And everybody sent us to Permanente. Whatever, but so. like everything else, we asked everybody in the. The room, and they're like, "Nah, you'd have to go to blah blah." They came to the, yeah. they're like, "That's not where you want to go." So everybody has their own spots, obviously. Really? Uh, but we, did, yeah, that's they were all yelling at us. <laughs> but uh, we had a great time. I'll we, give a big shout out to the staff at the Oaks Theater too, because those guys were great, very hospitable. That girl, what is it, Alicia? I believe you're right, Alicia. Alicia. The manager, manager, she was awesome. The sound guy, Peter, Peter, he was great. Steve, the the bartender. Steve, the bartender. Like everybody was very, very nice, polite. And I think they were just eager to get back to work because that was their second time in the venue since this whole COVID crap. You know what I love is when you're on stage, and in this this venue, you're actually looking, uh, when you're looking onto the crowd, you actually see the bar that's all the way in the back. So it's you're facing the bar, um, and I love when the staff is caught watching. Like they're just sitting there watching the show, and they're they're having their own thing. And it was really cool. For three shows, I kept my eye on that on the bar, and they were there. The same people were there all three shows, and they still were glued watching the stage, even though it was their third time watching it. And I was talking to Steve afterwards. He's like. And one of the girls as well, I didn't get her name. She's like, oh, my God, I knew it was going to come because I've seen it twice before this weekend. And I was still laughing and waiting uh, for the punchlines. And it's just it's just cool to see the staff watching you because they see everything, right? They've had people coming in and out, you know, for years or whatever, how long they, you know, especially comedy clubs. Yeah. That's all they see is comedy, you know? So when they sit down and stop and look at you and they go, my, that's a good feeling, you know? That's, so they did that. But, um, but yeah, it was cool to be out there again. Good folks over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd you feel? How you haven't I, been on. You haven't been on stage in how long? Right. It was well. It's a little bit different. Like hype man, I could do the hype man thing all day. All day yeah. Introduce bands. I've been doing it since high school. Right. Uh, as far as like throwing jokes out there, I never really so did want, that. We want to say this. We want to never. Say this. Like, I'm not a comedian. You we know? had Z. <laughs> Z did his first, second, and third. <laughs> time um, as stand up. Yeah, try to at least. Right and. Uh, <laughs> It's easier said than done. Yeah, it is. And you were good. I mean, I, nothing, I don't think I was good. good. I th- there's room for improvement. Um, <laughs> he goes, I don't no, think I was good. I no. think I filled time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you you you, you learned a lot. I did really good at pointing people to our social media <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and buying merchandise. That, Come on. I mean, that's kind of like a little bit of my forte, being a musician and like, hey, right. we got merchandise for sale. Yeah. Tip your bartenders. Right, I right. do that shit all day long. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Carlo and Lou type right. of thing. I'm into that. But like, is getting 
getting on stage and telling stories. It was the first time I ever did that. Right, right. And right. I've done roasts before. In fact, I've been roasted. Yes. And I can make fun of people all day long. Uh-huh. But when it comes to like telling jokes with yeah. punchlines and setting people up with stories, that's an interesting uh, animal. Yeah, it is. It is. But you did I liked great. it. I liked it. It was fun. I'll you definitely do it no, again. You did great. And uh, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, man. You did it in front of three sold-out shows. So <laughs> you get a, you know, you, you 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 get an appreciation when you do something like that. And yeah. go, Holy shit, those guys got to do it for an hour and a half. <laughs> well, it takes a lot of balls to do what you guys do. But you know, yeah, it does. It's Not even a lot just, of studying. Even just the stand-up. Even your stand-up. It's like you versus the crowd. Yeah. It's like you versus three hundred people right now, and every all eyes on you right now. Who's yeah, going to win? So you got it. You yeah. are the crowd. So yeah. you just got it. Just. Nail it home, and you both do that uh, too, especially you. during uh, both of your stand-up routines. And they'll let you know if you don't, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> With silence, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. worst sound is no. The sound. worst right. sound is like not even no sound, just one clap. Like, uh, and they're scared to do it. Thanks, ma. One uh, clap, yeah. yeah. And that's what you would say, right? <laughs> when you have that one clap, uh, and that's my mother. That's, thanks, thanks, you know? my, that's my mother. You know, just get out of there, get out of there. Getting quick. into comedy, comedy's just it, right now. You people are saying you got to watch what you say. You got to yeah. be careful now. Now I'm just disgusted with this whole situation because nobody comedy is like deteriorating. It's the way I see it right now. Hopefully, it has a resurgence. I think where people say I don't give a shit anymore. Because even on SNL this weekend, they did a sketch called the Gen Z Hospital. Gen Z Hospital, right? And, you know, they had a bunch of guys doing Gen Z things. You know, ooh, no caps. Oh, uh, hey, bro. Hey, bro. No caps. Oh, uh, that's cringe. You know, they're just using all the sayings, right? Do you know what no caps mean? I don't give a shit. No, do you know what it means? I just learned that yesterday. Like I'm not yelling? No, 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 no. I learned that from my uh, my kids. Uh, when you're cap, cap, no cap means not, it's not fake. You're not lying. Not lying. No cap. That's what it means. All right, cap that's fucking means stupid. Cap means you're so, lying. Anyways. That's the, that's, okay, that's fine. That, this that's, is the first I'm even hearing yeah, of this. It's, it's fucking stupid. No cap. Anyway, so Saturday night they do this sketch and people are in an uproar. Like they're in an uproar. Oh, you're using these. You're using words that normally African Americans use here, or oh, normally Christ. these guys use here, or normally the the you know the Asians use here. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, how many pussies do we have All in this world right All now? All of them. It's like, are you kidding? I watched the sketch. I didn't like it. I thought it was stupid. It was a bad sketch. I mean, even the guy said it was bad. I looked at it. I'm like, oh, this is corny and dumb. You know, I didn't even think of. They're making fun of you know, it. Didn't matter to me. How much shit were we made fun of in the old SNL skits, like Italians, all you know, Asians, or I mean, whatever? Because they poke fun at everybody. It's That's comedy. Just the way it is. It's fucking comedy. And now we got to deal with SNL. If SNL needed to go, oh, what are you going to say about that? Go fuck yourselves. We've been on. We've been on for thirty years, forty years. And you guys haven't said a word. Now all of a sudden you're coming out of the woodwork because we did a shit sketch. Well, ah, it's, it's just it's, this whole well, fucking speaking about that country though, is going it's to fu- shit. It is. Speaking about that, our guest this week is all about stand up. It's uh, Mike Penseca, which we uh, had. He opened for us in uh, Florida, Naples, and he runs a uh, comedy store or comedy school. And teaching, so that's going to be a great questions to ask him. Like, how's he teaching comedy? What's he worried about? If he, if anything, so he's right. going to be on the. He's going to 
beyond this week's podcast. Got later on, tiptoe around all these pussies in society. Pussy, all the pussies. It's, it's so bad. It is. Everybody's pussy hurts. Yeah. So, I, I um, can't imagine them coming to me and saying, "Why, you know." Do, do you realize that what you just did is blah, 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 blah? Do you realize? I don't give a shit. Right. I want somebody cancel laugh. culture to come after it's us. It's comedy, yeah. man. Right, don't you? I mean, it's, cancel it's, us. Let's put, yeah. What let's we freaking, say. Let's put them in check. How about that? Grow some balls. How about that? We should have the balls network. Right. But you know what? <laughs> that should be one network created so people don't give a shit and just want to laugh. They don't give a shit what they it's tried about. That. What was it? Spike TV? All the just fucking manly shit and, <laughs> and that they drove that to the ground. Yeah, but who was the head? The head person, the person, the, the money in charge yeah. has to say, go fuck yourself. This is Everybody's what we're doing. Everybody's scared. When it comes to comedy, it, it should be it should be like a rule. It's comedy. No one's no one's saying something that's serious. It's a, it's jokes. I mean, it's it's so ridiculous that you have to dive into comedy and dissect it. You should not be dissecting comedy like that. It's For years sad. and years and years. It's sad. We it's look like, at, what do you call it? Like uh, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A went against the grain. Remember that? They tried to boycott Chick-fil-A. I'd never seen. It's ridiculous how much business that place does. Busier than ever. Right? Busier than ever. There's three lines of traffic. Because people said, go fuck yourselves. We like to eat chicken sandwiches. And, and there's still <laughs> three lines of traffic there. Yeah. And they're closed on, well, they're closed Sunday. on Sundays. Yeah. Because they're Christian. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you're going against society's rule, blah, blah, blah. Boycott them. Boycott them. I look over, there's uh, uh, Burger King, McDonald's. Those three combined don't even have close to as many no. cars as Chick-fil-A does. Burger King packed. Burger King's like, we'll close on Sunday, too. We'll close yeah. on Sunday, too. And, and if you're at the back of that line, you're going to get your food faster than going through. McDonald's no. with three people in we front just of had, We just had Chick-fil-A open up uh, around the block from where we live. And uh, I've never been. This is, And I've already been twice. Because um, my kids just love it. They love it. The kids love it. And you think you're going to be there forever. And it's like Louis said. It's so quick. It's typical yeah. fast food over there? I've never been there. It's I've a, heard of it. It's I've a never chicken, been. chicken sandwiches. I don't uh, know. That's all it it's is. no fucking big deal. It's uh, like it's... fucking chicken sandwich. Yeah. It tastes a little bit better. The spicy one tastes a little bit better than the norm. But it's not like, oh my God, if they were giving you a chicken sandwich and a hand job, yeah, yeah, then. then I like hand jobs. But, but the thing Chick-fil-A. is, is they're fast. They're right. fast. You might think, oh shit, I'm not going to go in there because the line is long. There's kids out in the parking yeah. lot. They're like, what do you want? And you're driving through, boom, boom, you get your food. Thank you, sir. Boom, boom. Everybody's gone. Yeah. And, you're, and it's, it's fast. I've been there twice and I have not yet had hot um, fries. Every time I get fries, they're lukewarm, if if that. And I'm like, hmm. So this is the second time. Second, they have this the waffle fries, which is a great idea. But they're just, they're not hot. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they're they're you know making a bunch and letting it sit there, and that's why they're so fast. I don't know. I'm not saying that's what they do, but I'm saying the last two times I've went, uh, the fries have been on the cool side. And you know when fries are cold, there's nothing Ugh. good about that. <laughs> so let's see. I don't I'm, need any of that crap. None of that shit. Fast so, food, I refuse. Well, I, ha- I I had to go because everybody talks about Chick Fil A. Mm-hmm. All these kids, all, everybody. I love Chick Fil A. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, why? Let's do it. So, oh, well, but uh, they, they're the most efficient. I gotta say, they got. They, oh they, no, they're the efficient. Most, I think efficient they're efficient at getting your food 
fast, quick, and out. I think they're cooking. They're not the sandwiches because the, the sandwiches are hot as shit. Yeah, never but, seen anything like. But it. the French fries are a little cold. You are listening to Hold the Sarcasm. But we met somebody that ties into our top seven, right, Z? Oh my God! Can I want you, you to tell it? this story. You, you want me to tell? Yeah, this tell story? the story starting from our conversation you had with me, saying, "Hey, can I tell this All on right. stage?" And then so the whole our, thing. These guys uh, let me go up and do the MC, as we mentioned before. So my shtick, the only way to relate to you guys is to throw in maybe some of my family stories and my shtick. Absolutely. And the first time I ever heard of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, wasn't because of the Steelers. Nope. It wasn't because of the Pirates or the Penguins. It was because of Bruno Sammartino. The Hall of Fame. The yeah, the WWWF. He was yeah. like three W's at the time yeah, back he then. He had so many W's. <laughs> There's so many W's. So many wins. But he held the belt for like twelve years yeah, straight. He was, and, yeah, you yeah. know, and that back when you thought wrestling was a real sport. Yep. You know. Anyhow, uh, Bruno and Bruno San Martino was just a god in my grandmother's house. I mean, he she used to sit there in front of the TV, and she would literally beat the TV with the king. Go hit the summit, I bet you. Hit the summit, I bet right. you. She like would, she would jump pretty much into the TV, right? Yeah. Yeah, Bruno was a god, um, and and Italian, of course, and Italian. Of course, yeah, right. it, so, you know, my grandmother was right off the boat, exactly. and, and so she loved him, and so um, <laughs> I wanted. She did. So that was going to be my shtick going into it. Friday night, me and you drank a little bit too much of that salty yeah, caramel Crown it. Royal, we and we finished it. What happened was. I felt like I was off to a great start with my shtick, and then uh, I, I hit a dead end, or I, I, I hit a blocker, and I was like, oh, shit. And then it just stopped, yeah. you know? So I didn't get to tell the spiel of Bruno San Martino. Right. The second day, we're downstairs in the green room, and you are like, you should do the Bruno San Martino thing. Absolutely. And I'm like, yeah, you yeah. should do it, you should do it. About five minutes later, Tony comes downstairs and he says, uh, <laughs> you guys want to meet the Bruno San Martino's son? Out of the blue. Out of the, Out blue. Of the fucking and blue. We were just like, are you fucking kidding me? We <laughs> like, didn't say yes fast enough. Yeah. We we're like tripping over ourselves. Yeah. Like, have you not been paying attention? We've been talking about him all week. Yeah. I told Gabe that too, like on the Tuesday prior to the yeah, whole we, thing. Yeah. Like Bruno San Martino, Bruno San Martino. I think I manifested this. You Anyways, did. did. Daryl San Martino. Oh, your boy's on. Daryl San Martino, we've met him. And so when we met him, it was just an a- absolute pleasure, first of all. Right. And there was some funny stuff going on um, with um, with the Bruno. He's a DA agent, right? Then he mentioned he was a DA agent, and you were like, oh, don't take a picture with Z then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did say, I forgot about that. I go, you might want to leave this room right now. <laughs> and come to find out, before his dad passed away, he was a big fan of you guys. Which which blew our mind. <laughs> like, how did that make you feel, Lou? Fantastic. Like, I t- it was like, what? Get out of here. But his son was there. It wasn't like a, a friend of a friend of a friend's neighbor. Yeah, it's his son. Oh, yeah. I used to watch you guys, I think. That was, was his son who showed him yeah. our our stuff. So, yeah. You that's never, awesome. You never realize until you know, it gets brought up to you who you're watching. And someday you either might be working with them or find out like we did about Bruno Sammartino. As a you know seven year old, I'm watching him, and then you go to find out he's watching us. You know, forty years later or whatever it was, it's just crazy how this world goes. Your heroes become sometimes your friends. Yeah, you know, and and that's the opportunity that we have in life is you could be watching someone all your life, and then all of a sudden you're you're sitting in the same room with them, or you find out that they're a big fan of yours. So it's kind of like surreal, you know, like, oh, 
He was a fan of us. Yeah. Like, Especially the, in the morning when he the leaves money on the table and then just leaves. So, <laughs> yeah, fans only when he's just fucking you. But um, No, but it's not him. You're heroes. It's disgusting. You're heroes. You're heroes. <laughs> but he agreed to come You're... on this podcast, and yes. we're going to have him come on in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> Your yeah. heroes are fucking you. That's if, if you're lucky, that's so bad. If you're lucky, if you're lucky, if you're, if you're oh, my lucky. hero is Wonder Woman. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's my hero. Mine, yeah, my hero is Bo Derek. Mine is Muddy Mouse. So but, I don't know what that says for me, but that's a that's a porn. Yep, Mighty Mouse and Carlo and Bo Derek and <laughs> Bo Derek Wonder Woman. But my favorite part of that meeting is when he pulled out his phone and started showing us pictures. Yes, I saw uh, some epic pictures. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, his dad with so Arnold gonna... Schwarzenegger and his dad with uh, Roberto Clemente. That's that, right. That one yeah. was epic. And Mar- Rocky Marciano and his dad with Trump and a couple other people. Yeah, it was yeah. just no, it, pretty it, wild. It it was a very surreal moment for all of us being fans of his father. And um, it kind of set the mood the whole night. Like, okay, oh, yeah. we're good. We're good now. Yeah. And then we hung out with him afterwards. We, we got to take pictures with his family and mm-hmm. And stuff like that, and then he agreed to be on the podcast. So that got us into our top seven. That top seven was a fun, fun show. Yeah, it was a fun show. All right. And so the, coming up, we got comedian uh, Mike Penseca. Penseca, yeah, from, Mike uh, Penseca. Uh, he's a stand-up a comedian, bit. and we worked with him the last time we were in Florida. But so uh, this leads into our top seven. Yeah, since we met the son of Bruno Sammartino, the son of Bruno, and uh, we got to let it be known that one of his sons, David Sammartino, was in the WWE. F at the time. Yeah, you told me that. And yeah, then, he was uh, a- Daryl is a twin. He has a twin brother, Daryl. So Bruno has three sons. Imagine Bruno San Martino disciplining you as a kid. Uh, you act up and he gives you a scoff. You can actually ask hey, Right? Him. You can actually ask Daryl when he's on. Oh, my God. How was that? <laughs> uh, a pro wrestler uh, legend, and uh, he was, uh, when he said to do something, you better fucking do it. Yeah, for sure. Like, for sure. If Mike Tyson's your dad. Well, Bruno <laughs> wasn't just day. a world champion wrestler. He was a world he champion a body bodybuilder too. Was he a but wrestler as well? He was a, a bench press champion. Wow. He was lifted like 600 pounds. But Back he, in the day, you're talking in the late 50s, early 60s, he was benching like 600 pounds. Before wrestling had steroids. Yeah. Remember, exactly. the, all the bodies look the same, right? Right. I mean, they just big barreled men. Yep, exactly. Instead of body, it looked like bodybuilders. Yeah, kind of look like Lou. Yeah. <laughs> Lou should Without have been in the, if Lou was born in back in the day, he he would have been in the WWF. Mm. I could I could see him doing it. Yeah, it's called yeah, the little spark, five, five, the, the spark plug. <laughs> so we got the Italian spark plug. Well, Bruno wasn't coming. that big either. He wasn't that tall. He was only like five nine, five ten. Oh. It's still two still. inches taller than me. <laughs> Now it's time for the top seven. So we're going to do our top seven... <laughs> Professional wrestlers. I want to well, do before... Dated. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like before Hulk Hogan. Like Hulk Hogan like, down. Uh, Nothing. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. yeah. Not like the Attitude Era or any yeah. of that. Stone Cold or The Rock or anything. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't think I have anybody that. Talking from like... Okay, so Hogan broke in like... Well, bro, Hogan broke in in the 70s, 70s yeah. late 70s, but his popularity gained in like 84. So I'm, yeah. think, I'm thinking 84 and back. All right. Okay? So 84 and back. So uh, go ahead, Carlo. I'll start it off with um, just to get him out of the way because mm-hmm. I did. I did like him even when he came out, and he went back and forth. Bad guy, good guy, bad guy. The, the, you know the, the heel. Uh, was Hulk Hogan? I I, I want to put him on there. I think he's a legend. Yeah, he is. Changed the game. He's, he's changed the game um, with Andre the Giant and him kind of swapping. We all know that that time threw him over the thing. Mm-hmm. He actually picked up Hulk, Andre the Giant. So um, Hulk Hogan, number seven. All right. Go ahead, Lou. 
Tony Atlas. Yeah, Mr. USA. Mr. USA, Tony Atlas. Yep. <laughs> Number Love seven. Tony. Dude was jacked. Sure. He, he had, still is, too. Yeah, yeah. he might have had some pills yeah. in him. <laughs> Probably. That shit was not natural. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then him and Rocky Johnson won the tag belts. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They were the first uh, African-American tag team tag champions. Team. Yep. All right. So my number seven, and sticking with the Bruno San Martino theme, Dominic Danucci. Dominic Danucci. Dominic Danucci was that? another hero in my grandmother's house. Yeah. And uh, he was, and in fact, Dominic Danucci trained Mick Foley. Oh, Mick Foley. He's the one yeah. that trained Mick Foley. Dominic Danucci. Yeah. I love them. All right, Carlo, you're number six. My number six, I just love the attitude. I love the Coco Beware. I love Coco Beware, man. I, I did. I love that old he dance. And, oh, I horrible. Loved him. I loved him. Was he, was he before good, that? I he was old he, school. He yeah. was in the 80s? Absolutely. He was, he was in the 80s. This, but no, God, he was no. definitely in the 80s. Coco Beware. He kind of falls in the, I think he was. Oh, good. I uh, wanted to shoot him. Why? He was awesome. Stupid. I love that. Oh, okay. Coco right. Beware was mine. Number six. It's tag team. Afa and Sika. The Samoans. The Samoans. Oh, you, guys did, you guys did, you guys did uh, tag teams? You could do tag teams. Oh, I wasn't talking. You said wrestlers. But what do They're you think wrestling. tag teams are? That's a team. It's, a, I don't know. it's, a, it's still a wrestling. All right. All right. I, I didn't put any tag Afa and Sika. Mine changes then. Mine changes. You could change it up. Yeah. Yeah, because I got tag teams in here too. Oh, okay. I didn't know. So that. the Samoans, when they came out, it was fucking hilarious to me. They yeah. were just crazy. Yeah. Didn't talk. They just had that crazy stare. But that's uh, The Rock. The Rock's family. It is. I yes. think those are cousins or his so uncle. Alpha and Sinkar are their was uncles. uncles. Uncles was yep. them. Yep. So I love the lineage of all that because all those Samoans are wrestlers. They were There's awesome. so many of them. I loved those guys. They were hilarious. Yep. I loved them. No no talking, just the, the look. Mm-hmm. The big hair, and they were just mm-hmm. they're animals, those guys. I remember them doing vignettes of them just eating raw fish. Yeah. This is right, biting in the raw fish. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, hilarious. You mean sushi? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my number six, Tony Gurria. Oh, I remember Tony From Gurria. Auckland, New, New, Auckland, New Zealand. I was going to say Auckland, New Jersey. <laughs> Tony Gurria, I liked when him and Rick Martel were, uh, were tagging up back in the day, in the early 80s. And in fact, Tony Gurria has been around since the early 70s. Tony Gurria. All right, Carlo, you're number five. I used to like Tito Santana. Ah, arriba, arriba! I love Tito Santana. I liked any, any like anybody was because I was a young immigrant boy. Yeah. So anybody that was like kind of looked like us, <laughs> I liked. So Tito Santana uh, was my number five. He's a football star too. Yes. College football star. Played. He played college football. He played college football. He was good. Louis? All right. The Polish power. Ah, yeah. Ivan oh, Putski. Ivan Putski. Ivan Putski. I forgot about Polish that bitch. Power. I love him. I, I used to love watching him. We get all pissed off and go freaking ballistic. I loved him. Yes. Double X smash. Yep. Yep. <laughs> He's another one. He was a god in my grandmother's house too. She loved him. Same thing too, Carlo. All the immigrants. My love grandmother them. loved Bring them. them. Whether yeah. it was Polish or, or exactly. Italian or didn't any matter. of them, didn't matter. All right, uh, my number five. I just mentioned him too, Rick Martel. Back in the day, before he became the model and he all was, that. Yeah, I know. I like back in the early '80s, in uh, the late '70s, when he tagged up with Tony Gurria. And Gurria, yep. I was a young kid, man. I thought those guys were awesome, so I liked their uh, their tag team. So that was a good one, Rick Martel. Carlo, 
My number four is Tony Atlas. Yeah, Mr. We USC. already talked about that. I loved him. Uh, I just, I think his physique was like, holy shit. Got everybody's attention. Yeah. And uh, just like, liked him. He's always, you know, every. Bonus you know. points for you, if you can remember his hometown. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Who was it? Whose hometown? Tony Atlas. Who was it? I, I'd be guessing. No clue. I'd be like. Roanoke, Virginia. Oh, how the fuck? <laughs> I, I would have never things like got that. it. So Tony Atlas, <laughs> my number four. All right. I had Tony Gurria and Larry Zabisco. Ah, Remember Zabisco? yeah, they made a great team too. Way back, yeah. And Zabisco's the one who broke San Martino's neck. Yeah, yeah. You remember that? Yeah, I remember that big that display. Yeah, and then yeah, um, I remember that. They were saying that Bruno was just such a workhorse. I mean, he worked straight for twelve straight years, and he just yeah. got burnt out. It's like I need a break from all this shit. Right. So that, that's when super they gave the belt to superstar Billy Graham, right? Who is uh, my number four superstar Billy Graham? It's a perfect segue into all that. He was the superstar was the man. Yeah, right. He was yep. the superstar man. Billy Graham. Yeah, he, he could talk. He was great. He was good on the on the mic, and then plus he had those karate moves too Huge. a little bit, and then he was jacked, and then he got busted up with those steroids, man, and ended up. Why well, he was huge? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, superstar Billy Graham. Carlo. My number three is the man with the lisp, Dusty Rhodes. The American dream. The American dream, Dusty Rhodes. I love Dusty Rhodes. Hot times, baby. Hot times, baby. Hot times. Oh, waking so up good. at 6 a.m. So good. His, his, his children were playing. They got, they got pretty big. The Rhodes. He had two kids, two boys. So, Dustin. There's Dustin, Dustin. Rhodes. And then uh, the other one is. Uh, who's the other one? Dustin Rhodes. And then. Uh, the, yeah, I know. The, the, the one right him. now, he's got the, the, the Cody. He's, Cody. I'm Cody. sorry, okay. Cody Rhodes. Is, he is in charge of AEW, which is an independent okay. league right now that you can yeah. watch on TNN right now. He was always and Dustin was uh, he's Gold Dust. Dust. Yeah. yeah, I was always I always even at a young age, and you see all the wrestlers. I'm like, I looked at Dusty Rhodes. I'm like, this man looks like a bowler. He's I mean, disgusting. He does, there's no yeah, there's no athletic. Probably the worst body, worst body in the in world wrestling I ever. Mean, he just is belly in her, but he used to fucking get down. I rode on the edge of a lightning bolt, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But you watch him wrestle. I'm like, yo, man, holy shit, this guy can move. I think so. Between Dust him Rhodes. and Adrian Adonis, Adrian Oof. Adonis, and the two worst <laughs> physiques in wrestling. Period. <laughs> but I love you. Got to love our dust. Hard times is standing in the unemployment line, baby. That's hard times. <laughs> so number three. Boat on the edge of a lightning bolt, baby. That was your number three? Yes, Woo! it is now, Lou. Woo! Over to you now, baby. Bruno Sammartino's my number three. Bruno's my number three. <coughs> Love Bruno. How, how could we you talked not? enough, yeah. How yep. could you not? He's the best. I yeah. didn't put him on the list just because of the fact that we, I knew we were going to Yeah, talk I mean, it would have been a, him. but we had to. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, say, one, slash, we'll say, say slash Jimmy Superfly Schnooker. How's that? <laughs> so growing up, Especially growing up Italian like we did. Yeah. Was wrestling on Sunday afternoons in your house? Hell was yeah. Were your parents watching it? Dude, or? we wouldn't. It we was Sunday night. It was Sunday nights. Or Saturday nights. I remember I remember Saturday nights too, but Saturday I definitely nights. remember Sunday afternoons. There'll be time we were right late. Right after dinner. We were late to go somewhere, our family's house, dinner or whatever, because wrestling was a, we My dad would like, after this. Or I, especially, oh, yeah, they were out. And then you get to the house, and it was on there. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. It was, yeah. it was like. It was like soccer. If it wasn't soccer, it was wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. Love it. 
Uh, Your number it. three. So uh, my number three, the Moon Dogs. Oh, I love those guys. They used to scare me to death when I was a kid, but as <laughs> I got older, dogs. you start to appreciate them yeah. a little more and just like what characters they were. And they were running around the bones and they'd bleach their hair. Oh, they just that? like oh, dirty God. and disgusting. Oh, my God. Oh, they're I great. remember those guys. Those bones, they <laughs> smell from here. Remember they used to say? Rex and Spot. Well, there was oh, a bunch of different God. Moon Dogs throughout the years, but those were the two popular ones. The Moon Dogs. All right, there. Uh, my number two. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to say this. I probably have not watched wrestling for 25 years. I, th- Yeah, 25 years. I've seen bits and pieces where The Rock was popular, but I have not sat down and watched it. Probably the same as you guys. I don't know. Have you guys watched WWF? I do a little bit and, here and there. Or E? I, 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 e? I hear a little bit. Um, they have uh, the Peacock Network. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I have they the Peacock Network. Yeah. And you can watch it on there. So but I, I have been in and out of it. So I have really not been in, in the wrestling world in a while. So thinking of this stuff kind of brings back a lot of memories. Um, number two is Bruno San Martino, mm. yeah. uh, which was a close, could have been number one to me because of uh, when I did find wrestling. I was still a young American immigrant. Um, so he was very popular. But um, number two. Because I think my number one really, I just, I thought about every day. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just, I love that era. And I, you'll know when I go to I my I know who one. you're talking about, yep. too. Bruno San Martino. All right, there. Number two. Yeah. Ric Flair. Woo! Woo, <laughs> baby. Everybody. Limousine riding. <laughs> Jet flying. Flying. Kiss flying. stealing. Kiss son of a gun. Son of a gun. Everybody. Woo! To be the man. You got to beat the, the man. man. <laughs> he be the was, man. He was the best. Be the man. <laughs> he is the best. Imagine partying with Ric Flair back no, in the day. Oh my God. No. He is like I'd legendary for his partying. Yeah. Legendary. They all, they all, though, said, all of them, though, said that the one badass that stood out among everybody else was um, King Tonga. Oh, Haku. Yeah. Haku. Yeah. They said the stories coming from that guy. He was the real deal. He was... Like and used to it, clean bar rooms out. They said nice. he was the nicest person, the great, but his people always wanted to mess with him, and they be, he beat the shit out of some serious. So that, that's one guy that you don't want to mess with. You know, I think he's selling cars. I think he's a uh, manage, management. No, I think he's, he's managing a car dealership. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, the yeah. Rock, Nobody messes with that guy. The Rock Nobody has else. a great story about him because it's kind of like the family. That All those Samoans are all kind of related to each other. Yeah. And when The Rock was coming up, uh, he gave him his tights or something like that. Oh, really? And The Rock ended up giving him like a car like as a thank you. And he did this whole presentation. Really cool. But you're right. Tonga, that guy has been known to like squeeze people's eyeballs out of their side. Nice. Yeah. Like there's legendary stories about that dude. Yeah. Crazy. I heard, I heard that's where he got his... Uh, can you smell when he gave him his tights? That's when he came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So that was your number two, right? Yes. That's my number two. That yeah. was your number two? Uh, my number Can two, Andre the Giant. Really? Andre the Giant is Good my number you. two. He was the one that kind of pulled me into wrestling in a way. Yeah. As a kid, he was just coming to Utica, Andre the Giant. Oh, my God. It was like the most biggest spectacle of the yeah, world yeah, at yeah, the yeah. time. I just could not watch that guy. Me I, I loved Andre, but it was like a slow motion. Yeah. I, just, you know, I didn't know what I was watching. It was, was the like, eighth wonder of the world. I know. Eighth <laughs> wonder of the world. Yeah. No, I mean, you're legit. I mean, eighth, yeah. Eighth, eighth wonder of the it's, world. It's, it, was, uh, uh, it was something to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't know. He never became one of my favorites. I just 
Back in the day when wrestling used to come to the when they used to come to the auditorium, we were kids, teenagers or whatever, you know, 13, 14 Mm -hmm. years old, hanging out in the back of the yard watching the wrestlers come into the yard. And Andre pulled up in a limo one time, and when he got out of the limo, the whole car just rose up. Like it it was just so big. The shocks were like, thank God. Five hundred pounds. Yeah, imagine that. I mean, there's I mean, we all know those stories of legendary. You know, just how much he drank and and having hotel rooms Jeez. next to each other so one could be used as a bathroom. I mean, just crazy stories. But, yep. Yeah. So my number one. <laughs> number one. Is um, Tommy Rich. Really? I love Tommy Rich. Wildfire Tommy Rich. Wildfire Tommy Rich, man. I, I just, I don't know what it was, that era, that time frame. He uh, it was with Ric Flair and Tommy Rich. And and uh, there was somebody else that they used to always um Go against Tully Blanchard. Tully Brand. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, the Four Horsemen. So Tom- four Horsemen. Yeah. So Tommy Rich. I just I don't know what it was. Wow. He wasn't. McDaniel. He yeah. He wasn't uh, built. He wasn't. Uh, you know, didn't have like the muscular physique, but he was in it, man. Well, I mean, I loved him. I just loved him. So Tommy Rich is my number one. Nice. I don't know. I got a feeling that we share the number one. Yeah. You and I. Uh oh. Because. This guy, King Kong Bundy, no. Oh. Fuck. King Kong Bundy to me looked like uh, he, he was the perfect example of Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> King Kong. Oh, I know who your number one is. I know who your number one is too. It uh, is. Let's say it together. He was the it's best. not his. George, George the, the Animal oh! Steel. Yes! <laughs> you did it! Oh my God, it he is. was the best. And right there, top top of the list. Yeah. George the Animal he Steel. He was the best to like eat. Turnbuckles bite people's heads. Oh my god! You're right. I love that guy. Your hair all over the place. Mm-hmm. Rip off. He was the first one to rip off the turnbuckles. Yeah, yeah, remember yeah. That? Oh, he was crazy. Oh my god. Hey, he, he would rip. So he would rip it off and hit your head with it, right? With the, ooh, the, ooh, ooh. Yeah, I like going back in the archives and watching him back in the early '70s when he was starting to make that flip into a, like a lunatic type of thing. Yeah, because he was doing promos, talking and stuff back, and then all then of a sudden just, he flipped and it just started turning. Into Sounds. like this animal and just noises and stuff. And, oh, it was great. And then he's a, he was like a professor in Michigan University. Really? Yeah, smart guy. Oh, yeah. huge. Hilarious wow. though. He I was mean, so smart. He knew he could get he famous was, on noises. Oh, he was the best. He came in, man. He knew I, you yeah. knew something nuts was going to happen. It was going to be good. You know. Yeah, for sure. So there, there we is. go. I can't Our believe top seven. We said it together at the same You're time. I knew. I knew. I'm like, I didn't hear it, but I know this, this is going to be his favorite. Oh, Beautiful guys. You are listening to Hold the Sarcasm. And joining us today on Hold the Sarcasm, comedian Mike Pinseca. How are you? Mike Pinseca. Hey, what's up, guys? Good to see you, man. Nice to see you. About time. (laughs) What's up, brother? Thank you for joining us on Hold the Sarcasm podcast. We appreciate it. Uh, Just going to give you a, a little bit of a background how we met Mike. Uh, when Louie and I and the team were down to Florida, uh, we played in um, uh, Naples, Florida. We were off the off the hook comedy club, I believe, right? Off the hook comedy and, club. Uh, uh, we needed we needed an opener, and uh, we asked around, and your name came up a bunch of times, and I believe we uh, I don't know if Tony contacted you or someone did, and we want to thank you for doing that for us. Uh, and coming aboard and did a great job. So we got to hang out with him afterwards. Yeah, we so, reached out to him because we really needed somebody to help us out at the show. And, yep. and 
Mike drove up and thanked him. We really appreciate that, Mike. You know, that was like, what, one week notice? If <laughs> that. Shit like that. Somebody that we had available was is gone, and then all of a sudden we're looking for help, and uh, he jumped right in. Thank you. So thanks, Mike, for doing oh, that. And- totally my pleasure, guys. I had a great time. I was looking forward to it. And Jillian told me about Tony, and then Tony told me about you guys, and then I was checking out your stuff online. I'm like, yeah, I want to do this. And then and we had the best time from the time I walked in the green room with you guys to the, the whole show was amazing. I had the best time with you guys, man. It was so worth it. <laughs> that was you. fun. That, that you, was man. a fun, fun night. The whole thing from beginning to end. We didn't so. want it. We, we didn't want it to end. We, uh, we actually went to a, a kind of a, a really, uh, you know, I don't know if it was a classy place. We I think somebody the got classy, shot there yeah, the week before. The word classy probably <laughs> doesn't go in front of this bar. But we went there. We had some food. We had some beers. Uh, the week before, someone got shot. So that's a, that's a right. nice little fun fact. Uh, that's where we uh, go. That's where we go. <laughs> so we got to know each other. Uh, so let's go through Mike Penseca, uh, how you got into business and what you're doing. Uh, you're doing some interesting stuff with the schooling and all that stuff. So uh, what's your story, and, and how did you get into uh, all this mess we call comedy? I actually don't do comedy. I just knew you guys needed help, so I wrote a quick set. <laughs> all right. I just... no. <laughs> no. You're the stand-up I, uh, I Let's see. How did I start? I used to dabble around in it when I was, like, in my 20s, and uh, – I, I, I was into I did Tony Maria's wedding. Somebody goes, oh, you should try doing Tony Maria's wedding. I'm like, all right. So I went. I was, uh, I was the groom the first mm-hmm. time, New Year's Eve. I did that, and then, I, then they got rid of the other guy and kept me. So I was doing that for a while. I was always doing a little bit of acting, and, and, and then I joined an improv. I, I started studying improv just to learn. It wasn't even for comedy or performance reasons. It was just to learn how to think differently. Uh, just to expand my brain, and and I couldn't get any LSD, so I had to take an improv class. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so then I started doing, but I got tired of other people telling me what they thought was funny. Right. Like I would say something in the play, and the director would be like, "Hey, uh, you know that wasn't in the script." I go, "I know, but it should be." Did you hear everybody laughing? And he's like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> Then I saw the movie Lenny Bruce uh, with Dustin Hoffman playing Lenny, and I go, you know what? I want a job where you can say whatever the hell you want to say. And I started doing stand-up. Then I started winning contests. Nice. Then somebody saw me and said they were looking at a casino. Don Casino saw me, and they wanted they were looking for comedians for cruise ships, and they kept seeing me because I kept doing these guest spots. And uh, I also was teaching comedy traffic school at the time, so. Speeding ticket, you go to traffic school. I was doing that. I was doing a little stand-up open mic stuff, just starting out. And then they go, you want to work on a cruise ship? I'm like, all right. So I did that, and that lasted about 14 years. And, uh, yeah, I was doing that well until they found that girl in my closet. But apparently, <laughs> apparently you're not allowed you to too? have <laughs> I didn't tell her to go in the closet. But anyway, so, so – uh, so then I started doing cruise ships. I really hadn't did hadn't done the clubs. I wasn't even a headliner. I didn't even know what a headliner was. And then I, I got on the ships, and you had to be a headliner, so I had to become a headliner on the ship. Then I got off the ships. I was back on land. Nobody knew who I was. And uh, I was going around the clubs, and they're like, I was featuring just to get work. And then they're like, well, you're a headliner. You should close. And I, so I closed the show, and I started doing that. And then a, a few years ago, Renee from the improv called me 
and she said, how would you like to teach comedy? I go, well, I don't know if you can really do that. Like, can that be done? And um, I started trying it out, and I did it, and it can be done. You know, you, you, you can't teach somebody how to be funny, but you can teach a funny person how to do a good set, you know? Right, and right. So I started doing that. I've been doing that about seven years. Right now, i got a class going on in Miami Improv and one in the West Palm Beach Improv. Wow. And I have every, everything in there from an 18-year-old kid to a, 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 a staff member from Tony Robbins who went to Stanford in my class. I mean, I got everything in there. Yeah. And um, it's it's challenging, but it's fun. After five weeks, they go on they go on stage. They do their show in front of all their friends in the, in the, at the club. And it's great, and I love doing it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And it, I remember growing up, watching all the old school comedians don rickles and all those guys and then getting into uh, eddie murphy i thought everybody doing because i always wanted to do stand-up and i thought everybody doing stand-up is so funny how the hell yeah. am i and i remember my first stand-up and we go through this every time we talk to somebody but carlo was there and he knows how I nervous I, I was i'm like i was like oh my god these people travel they do shit i'm like uh, what the hell and then the first guy just was horrible. <laughs> I mean, you could hear a pin drop. I said, shit, if I'm not better than him, I'm quitting this whole freaking thing. I don't give a shit. But it the, went up there and everything went fine, you know? But the funny thing is, because it's your first time, you should have been shit, you know? Because it takes so many years to get under you um, yeah. of, of being up there. It reminds me, have you ever watched a show called Kill Tony? It's, uh, I've heard about it. They do it at the Improv in Miami. I know they do it down there. I've do only know, watched a little bit. I don't even really. What is that all about? What is the that? The concept is, and you just the concept is, it's like an open mic. Names in the bucket, you know. So uh, they have they have the they have the comedian um, who who hosts it, and I can't think of his name. But they do a whole show on open mics. They literally will call you up there, and you have to do a minute a minute uh, set. And I'll tell you, man, it is the, you know when you feel embarrassed for that person that you're watching? And I can't even watch it myself. I'm like, wait a minute. No, he can't see me. I, it's cringe. It's like you want to turn it off. You feel so bad. And you realize how hard it is to get up there for one minute, one minute, and say one joke that even remotely f feels like a joke. And there's name after name. So that's, it's the perfect thing. You should check it out. It's called Kill Tony. I think it works out for your students because all they're doing is bringing up open micers, first-timers. And they rate them, and they tell them what's wrong. And it's really cool. And then they cut them, too. They cut them to pieces. It's funny. Because, you know, everybody... I, uh... I don't yeah. know if it was good or bad for me, but the first time I ever did stand-up, it was an Al-Anon convention in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. I wrote 20 minutes of material and got a standing ovation from a 1,000 people. Wow. Yeah, first nice. time I ever did it. And I remember my men's group, because I do therapy too, my men's group videotaped it. And I remember my buddy Tom Agna was, had just been on The Tonight Show, and uh -huh. he, we were we together in college. And I was like, I remember looking at the camera going, this is easy, Tom. Right. Like A thousand people standing up? <laughs> but I'm a veteran. Just, I got a standing ovation from a thousand people. Now, they're in Al-Anon. They're codependent. They feel sorry for everybody. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> They're like, everybody clap. He's going he's gonna to hurt himself. <laughs> they're deaf. They're, you know, 
He's going to hurt himself. Everybody up. Everybody up. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, take it any way you can. <laughs> Well, yeah, but it's you have so much respect for people who do it and just yeah. get up there and try to do it. Yeah. I was the dick way back in the day. I, I I admit it. One time I was watching an improv show, not giving a shit, and I just I'm like, you guys suck, and I left. And and I look back on that moment, and I am so ashamed of myself at that particular moment in time that those six, heckler. six people were busting their ass on stage, and me, Mr. Dick, uh, said that, and and to this day, I am ashamed of that that night. And now, doesn't I don't care if you, you hear a pin drop after the guy's done. Hey, good try, buddy. Good, good, good going. Yeah. Good going. Then we laugh at him after in the car. Right. But that's, true. That's alone in the car. I throw rocks at him afterwards. Right. I don't give a shit. But you can't do that in front of people. You got the balls to go up there. You deserve something. You know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, well, they so, were on the ships they used to have a talent show, and they wanted me to, to, to host, like, be the Simon character from, like, America's Got Talent. Sure. They weren't just comedians, they were singers, too, and they wanted me to be a nasty guy. And I was like, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't right. put somebody down for getting up on stage and doing anything. I'm never going to be that guy. I'm never going to be the yeah. guy who I dances somebody off the stage. I'm never going to be that guy. I can't do it. <laughs> Because we, we know how tough it is to be on that stage. Yeah. You know, all the all the insecurities that go through our minds, and we still go up there and do it to, to have somebody say, get the fuck off or boo or, you know, it's not coming from us, at least not this side. Uh, but in your school, if I was a student, what's the first thing you're going to tell me? I've never done stand-up. What's the first thing you tell people? Do you, do you, do they, do they talk about themselves and you figure out if they have a, uh, something to go with. What's your first thing when you see a, a new student? Um, well, okay. So I, I do get to know them. I tell them a little bit about myself and then I get to know them. Like the last class just started in West Palm. I got 11 people there. So I ask them about the background, why they're taking the class. Why did, now I get everything from, I want to be a stand-up comedian. You know, you got these young guys. They want to look, they're not coming there because it's Mike Panzeca, by the way, they're coming there because it's the improv. They're paying the money because they know they're going to get on stage at the improv. I'm not famous. They, they, in fact, I could tell some guys just come there like they think they know everything already. They just want to get on the stage. But sometimes they actually do listen. And I get everything from people who want to be comedians to authors who want to talk about their books, but you got stage fright, to a guy who's so depressed that he can't get out of his house. Like I have, uh, I had uh, Alan Pollock. We're doing a show in, uh, improv uh, to raise money for suicide prevention recently uh, uh, coming up. But his awesome. at Stoneham uh, at the shooting and he couldn't get out of his house. So his friend was like a comedian. She's a friend of mine. She said, you know what? You should take this class. So he took the class and he's doing really good. So I get people who are depressed. I get autistic people. I got people with Asperger's. I got, I get all kinds of people for taking for different reasons. So when anybody ever knocks taking a class, I'm like, why would you ever knock anybody for doing something on their bucket list, taking a class and getting out of the house? hanging out with other people in a non-judgmental, supportive environment and trying to do your, your craft. And it's very therapeutic. It's good for your self-esteem. It's fun. We have fun. I mean, so I find out what their level is, what they do for a living, and then I get them up on stage and I just tell them, like, what I did last week, I go, all right, pretend I come to you right now and I go, listen, man, we, we need a comedian. I need you to talk for five minutes. I'm going to pay you $1,000. What's the topic you're going to talk about? And then they all commit to a topic. My mom, my dog, my job. Okay, write that down. All right. Now write 
some material about that. Just do the best you can. You have to. And then they get up on stage. I go, you guys don't even try to be funny. Just talk about it. Right. And they get up there and they start talking and they were actually pretty funny. I mean, it was good. I go, okay, now you've got a little piece. Start with that and we're going to work on that. we got five more weeks, you know, That's four awesome. more weeks. Yeah. That's Everybody awesome. learns differently, you know. Everybody learns differently. Everybody, some people sure. learn by doing, some people learn by watching, some people learn by reading. I learn by doing. It's really hard to figure out. Like if I asked you how to teach a, you know, teach a class, for you to figure out what you do intuitively and naturally is hard to teach someone else to do that. Right. It really is. Right. Now tell me, is yeah. was there ever a guy who was or so cocky or girl, whatever, that they're that so cocky and everything else, I know, I know, I know, and <laughs> they get up on stage and they bomb and you can't tell me you had a little smirk on your face. I get these guys now at the beginning of class, I tell them, look, look, I know you're not taking a class because of me, you're taking a class because it says improv. Um, if you don't want feedback from me and you don't want direction, just say that when you're upstairs. Say, Mike, I really don't want to hear what you have to say. I'm okay with that. Okay? But then when you get on stage in the show and you have a problem, don't get <laughs> mad if I start laughing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll be your heckler. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever, you no. ever had a specific guy like that or, or woman? No, I had this guy. Okay, here's one of the things. I do tell him what not to do. I'll be like, okay, here's some things I want you not to do. Do not ask your friends, is this funny? Don't do that. Right. That's a mistake. They don't know anything. They're going to act. That's like telling a girl, okay, I'm going to kiss you in a few minutes. I hope you enjoy it. Let me know how it is. No, you don't do that. You just do it. Right. The second thing is I go, don't take whatever we write and then write all new material next week. Like, <laughs> let's take what we started yeah. with. And then for some reason, these guys are like, I don't want to do that. I did that last week. I'm like, dude, I've been doing the same stuff for like 25 years. You know, like it's you anyway. So this guy gets up there and he starts doing his material. I'm like, what happened to the stuff from last week? That's all different. He goes, yeah, no, I wrote different stuff. I go, what did I tell you not to do? He goes, not to write all different stuff. And I go, I go why'd you write all different stuff? He goes, I asked my neighbor if she thought it was funny. I go, what else did I tell you not to do? And he goes, not to ask people if they thought it was funny. And I go, <laughs> I go how old was your neighbor? She, he goes, 12. I go, you asked a 12 year old. So, I'll tell you, that. you know, that's awesome. He did everything I told him not to do, man. Everything. And then one guy like that is, though? Why do you think that is? Why, why do... That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, why do you think uh, people do that? Like, they just think they're smarter than the room? Probably lack of confidence I think it's probably too. an ego thing, too. Or, it's like, yeah. I want to be able to outshine. I want to be able to go in my own direction. I want to be able to... And overthinking. Overthinking can kill anything. Yeah, let me ask this 12-year-old. Yeah. That's where I, I want to get my... I think they're so scared. Like, I remember I went to Tony Robbins and I did the fire walk. I actually walked on the fire. And I oh, remember really? the, guy the guy grabbing me before I went on. He was an older dude. And he talked to me and he told me exactly what to do. And I decided I was going to trust him. And I did. And I did exactly what he said and I did it. And it was fine. What I think happens is when you're in a scary situation, you're so scared. You either got to trust the guy who's leading you or you don't trust the guy who's leading you and you're right. going to trust yourself. Maybe the guy just didn't trust what I was saying was, you know, maybe he didn't trust what I was saying. So he was going to do what he does. That's what I think. And how did that work out for him? It was, he dropped out of the class. <laughs> That's another thing I told him not to do. 
could ask his cover. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, a guy didn't listen from beginning Don't to end. Don't drop out. Yeah. Son of a bitch. You should have asked him, bring your 12-year-old friend. Maybe he's funnier. So Mike, bring him along. Yeah. Mike, when you have these classes, is there like an ending show? Do you have like an end yeah. show for all your students and they get to perform yeah, in front of an audience? Yeah, we have a show. We, uh, at the improv, we have a showcase, graduation show. It's a big deal. We get like 100, sometimes 200 people there. Wow. They go up, they do it for five minutes. And I got to tell you, man, I would say 99% of the time that goes great. The only ones that don't go good is the guys that miss a couple classes or don't do what right. I tell them to do. They, they screw up, they go long, whatever. But, uh, man, it is the best thing. It's life-changing for them. And I'm back there like a proud parent, you know, and I'm, and I'm, it's so great to watch people do something for the first time. They put in all this work, they get up there, and, they're, they, and they hear people laughing and applauding. And just to watch, and they get off stage, they're like, oh, my God, that was the greatest experience of my life. You know, it, it, it's really cool, man. That's yeah, awesome, that's, man. Yeah. That's got that's got to be an experience when you're. I've never been a teacher of anything, so to watch your class go through, and like you said, like your proud papa at the end. Has anybody gone further? Have Have you seen anybody that actually went on the comedy uh, run and seen them? Uh, you know. Yeah, all most of my students go on. Like okay. most of my students are in Miami now, doing. They're emceeing at the clubs, or they're featuring now, or they're putting together their own shows. I mean, awesome. I now have a lot of alumni out there that are actually working. I'm thinking about putting together a show for all my, you know, my that's, alumni. Students. That's a great idea. They, they all go on, and if they're good, you know, some of them I'll put them and give them a guest spot at one of my shows, stuff like that. But, yeah, they all go on to do it. They, I would say the majority of them are doing more stand-up from the class. You got to think about it too. Like a guy's going to pay money to go to a class. He's pretty committed. He wants to do it. Yeah. So he's probably going to keep going, you know, but they are, they all, they keep going, man. Keep so going. you said it's a five uh, week uh, process. Yeah. It's five, it's five weeks from, uh, it's from like, it's from seven to 10 on uh, Monday night or Tuesday night, whichever class I'm teaching. It's five weeks. And then on the sixth week, we have a big graduation show. And how big are your classes? You said about twelve people or more. Or? Well, the one in West Palm right now is eleven, and then I have I have one in uh, Miami that's like seven people. So are you currently in the five weeks right now? Are you currently in a yeah. uh, yes? So yes. how long? When's when's the uh, the the final exam? When's that set up? For? Uh, what? The Miami class started a couple weeks ago, so that one will okay. be in about three four weeks, and the West okay. Palm will be in about four to five weeks. And how many classes a year do you guys have of these five? As many I as you teach, can. Yeah, it's you know like COVID slowed things down, but of course I they just keep adding. You know every you know I might take a month off three weeks here and there if we don't have enough people sign up or something, but pretty much I just keep teaching. Keep rolling. You know, rolling, yeah. And how could they a website or anything that people can if they're in the Miami and what you say West Palm. West Palm Beach Improv and Miami Improv, they can just go to the website and they and they can see sign. the date that it's starts. They can just call call Renee and sign up or email Renee and she signs them up. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. Hey, that's Mike, cool. you know, with all this cancel culture bullshit that's going on these days, how do you te how do you teach your students to tiptoe around society, the bunch of pussies that society is these days? Oh my God! You know, this guy came to my class. He's also taking an improv class. Mm -hmm. They literally made him sign something saying that he would not do accents of any <sighs> other 
Yes. He can't say there's they made him sign a list of all these things he cannot say and do. And then he came to my class, he goes, Well, do you I go, dude, forget all that. Like, this is a comedy club. The audience knows what you have in your heart. You should be able to say whatever the hell you want. And there are consequences for what you say. So if I say something against women and every woman in there ends up hating my guts, that's what I deserve. That's what I got, you know, but you shouldn't not say it because the other day he was trying to figure out whether the women in the class liked what he was saying. And I'm like, dude, like, see, I say, if you go up there and have fun, the audience is probably going to have fun. Mm -hmm. If not, who cares? You had fun. I go, if you ever watch kids play with their toys, you're watching them play, right? And the kids play and you're like, oh, that's fun. I'm watching the kids play. Would you ever go up to a kid playing with a truck and go, nah, dude, you're doing that wrong, man. You, you got to. <laughs> You should have played with the Barbie, then the truck, then the tractor. You got to go off. Right. I told him that story. I'm like, when you're up there playing and having fun with good intentions, you should do whatever you want. Nobody should tell. Don't try to figure out the audience. Don't do the show for the audience. Do the show for you. There you go. I mean, I know we want, we want the audience to laugh and have a good time, but guess exactly. what? They're going to have a good time if we're having a good time. Is that right? I mean, that's how I Absolutely. see it. Absolutely. Yeah. Solid advice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in comedy, they say uh, – the crowd is either going to fall in love with you or like it in the first couple of, what is it, seconds, more, um, less than a minute? What's that thing they tell you? They, you got to grab them? Right away, they know whether they like you or not. Yeah. You know, I look, I tell people uh, comedy is sex, and laughter is an orgasm in the brain. Right. You're basically having sex with a large group of people. Now, I think I think of the audience as one organ, as one person. I don't think of all the individual personalities. I think of it as one person. Now, if you're trying to have sex with somebody and you're nervous and you're like, hey, am I, am I doing this okay? Like, is this right? Are you enjoying They're not going to enjoy themselves. They're not going to have an orgasm, right? But if you go up there and you own that stage and you're having fun and you do what you do and they like you, they're going to relax. They're not going to worry about you. And then they're going to laugh, which is what I think, you know, it's like an orgasm in the brain. Yeah, they're going to enjoy right. themselves. They're no, going to yeah. trust you. They're going to go places with you. Absolutely. So, um, so what do you what what do you see for the next year coming, and what do you want to get into again, or or continue? You want to get back on the on the ships, or are you done with that, or what? What's your plan? Well, what's your? I well, I'll tell you what I'm working on. I, I like doing stand up. I like doing shows. Um, I'm working on this thing called the Breaking Balls Comedy Tour. I also play, and I was talking to uh, Jimmy Dela De Valle, you know, in Vegas. Oh, yeah. And uh, okay. he plays pool, and you know Frank Del Pizzo plays pool. What I want to do, I want to get all these guys together that play pool and do a show, uh, a comedy show, but about pool, and then go to these conventions like in Vegas when they have these tournaments and have a comedy show, you know, about pool. So that's one of the things I'm working on. Um, Are you talking about yeah. something, something like a live show or like a recorded show, like a, oh, like like a series? I wanna do I want to do like a comedy tour around the country for the like okay. APA gotcha. and stuff like that. Uh, and then also like some funny instructional videos where like, you know, maybe Jimmy's yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to teach me how to play pool and I saw, you know, yeah. Yeah, Put in a couple skits in there. Yeah. 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 Well, that's awesome. That's a great idea. Breaking balls. Yeah. I love the name too. That's a very clever, uh, <laughs> yeah. with the pool balls Breaking and all balls that. Comedy. Yeah. That's awesome. So what else, guys? Yeah, that's uh, it's it's funny. After this COVID, everybody's were trying to reinvent the wheel now, trying to figure out what the hell is going to attract yeah. these people back in. 
you know, hopefully we're hopefully uh, thinking about they've been cooped up for so long they just want to come out in droves. Um, let's hope and pray that, so. that that becomes true. I think you guys have something special, though. I got to say, man. I, I Thank you. Like, you really do. I, I watched you guys. You guys make it look so easy. And you guys have been friends since you were kids, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and you survived being in show business together. <laughs> Barely. Uh, <laughs> so that's, far. That's far questionable, enough. Mike. <laughs> we are so intertwined with our families that we can't get out. We, we're, worse than the, yeah. we're worse than the Godfather. We try to get out and they drag us back in. We're not going anywhere. That's why people love you guys. That's why people follow you guys is because you have a group. They want to be part of your group. Indeed. Yeah, no, it's they true. Want it is. One of the guys. They want to be one of your family. That's You guys are so like cool and you make it look so easy up there and relax yeah you make it look easy you really do well that's that's uh, thank you for the comp that's a compliment uh, yeah, from the eyes uh, when people in the business more than we've been say that to us we know we're doing something right um but yeah it's just what you said we go up there with the intention of we're having fun we're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna laugh we're gonna have fun we're and and I think and you even said it. People know that. People realize that. They know there's no pretentious person up there. They know there's no like. They want to be part of it. You guys, how many times did we hear? You're like my cousins. You are my. Yeah. I can talk to you like yeah. my cousins. And um, you know, and it's not something that we try to do. It just that's that's how we are. Basically, who we are. We get yeah. on stage. We we are who we are. We. We have a blast. We have fun. We do our thing. And, you know, and Carlo knows this. Yeah. When we were talking, when we started this, they're like, look, if we're not having fun, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, we got, we like, got to have like fun when we're job. up there. So when we do the sketches, when we write those, it, it, the variety allows us to go into a lot of different directions, music, sketches, improv, stand-up. So that's what we love about it because it, it gives us all these things we can play with. We don't have so, to be perfect on anything. Right. We just don't care. It's like you said, we, <laughs> can be in, we can be in the sandbox with a bunch of toys. Exactly. We have a bunch <laughs> of toys. We so, but the thing is, we also, we also realize the moment. We also, we take in like, oh my God, look where we are. We, we enjoy the moment. So I think a lot of times because we got into this business late, it's, we're not jaded. We're not, we're not, we're not, you know, we don't hate yeah. the business. We don't, we haven't run into like so many uh, brick walls in our face or doors closing. We're still enjoying the moment. And at our age, um, when, if you can do that, where people are thinking about, Calling it quits at our age, we're getting it. We're like, we're like fourteen-year-old yeah, we kids we going, just, yeah, let's we just do it. Started. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. And I think people realize that, like, holy shit, these guys are coming in here at the top of their game. They're just, they're having fun, I, and uh, I think it it shows. I think one of the biggest realizations, I mean, that really opened our eyes were when we went to uh, uh, Australia for our first show, and yeah. uh, and these guys are in the back room going, hey, what's and these are. Famous guys in we Australia. We call them leeches now. And, 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 you know, they're coming in and they're just like, hey, what's this? You know, we're going to go to the States. I'd always love America. I'm like, this is our first show. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> We've been so, doing this for four hours. <laughs> it was like, it, it was, it was fun. My, after the show, they were yeah. like, you know, we're, we're going to do this. They wanted to like connect with, like, we're, we didn't even know what the hell the industry was. They're like, at bring that us, point. bring us with you. We to got, America. we got brought over there yeah. to do those shows. We did those shows first time ever. 
And and these people think we were in the industry for 20 years. I'm like, yeah. shit. I, go, I, re I remember one time I was at uh, Boconuts back in the day, and he was a famous comedian. I don't remember his name. He was a Latin guy. And I they let me let me do a guest spot. I got off stage. He goes, wow, man. He goes, you have a great TV set. And I'm like, really? Screw you, buddy. I wrote all that stuff myself. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was saying I, I, thought he was saying I copied my stuff from TV. Yeah. <laughs> he was saying, no, you have a clean set. Like, you could do that on Letterman or you yeah, could do it clean. on a yeah. <laughs> have you ever Have you ever gone to that, uh, that part? Letterman, Leno, any of the uh, shows? You know, that was my dream, really. If anything I wanted to do was to be on David Letterman. That was just like, I don't know why. I, to tonight Show, I had a guy call me. He saw me. He said he knew Larry King and Jay Leno and Donald Trump. And he's like, you know, I didn't believe him. And he's like, you know, I could probably get you on the Leno Show. Jay. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I never called him back. Then I waited. I called him again. I, I was terrified. I was too scared. I didn't feel good yeah. enough. And yeah. I never followed through. And then, and then, you know, like, no, it never happened. But it was... Uh, it was, uh, I just, and I never got into this to be funny or famous. Anyway, I got into it to like have fun. And when people say to me, all right, what's next? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah. Like you're living in, you the, know, moment. I, you're in the moment, yeah. yeah. You're, whatever, whatever this brings you, you know, you'll be there ready for it. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's tough because that's what you ask people in the business. Hey, what do you, what do you got next? What are you planning next? Cause we're always planning something. We're always thinking of the next gig. We're always thinking of yeah. the next project. And that's why I think it's such an easy thing to say, hey, what's next, guys? You know, what are you gonna uh, what are you planning on now? And sometimes you forget to live in the moment and say, wait a minute, I, I'm you know, I, I like what I'm doing right now and it makes me happy. Let's not worry about ten years from now, five years from now, and forget yeah. that right now I'm doing something that a lot of people can't do, won't do, are afraid to do. And uh, I think we have to live in that moment a lot more than always searching for the next thing that's in this business what i've learned is a lot of people i talk to is oh i, I want to do this i want to get in movies i want to get in this and they never say yeah. i'm so happy of what i'm doing right now compared to what i was doing 10 years ago you know you know uh, and i, I got live to, in that moment i got a little sidetracked and a little like i in the beginning i was doing this i was hanging out with like uh, ronnie bennington down here at a show radio show down here from, from uh -huh. sirius xm radio from the ron and fez show and all that and the guy really liked me he took me under his wing and then I went to New York with a girl. She was writing a book, a comedian. My goal was to start doing stand-up in New York, and that was it. And then I had a business here and trying to run that and do that, and we broke up, and I had to come back and start over, and it kind of kind of threw me off there a little bit. Right. But, you know, my, my plans – and then I had a business take off, like the comedy traffic school. So, like, having a business, like having a wife and a family, you got to be there. You know, you got to take care of stuff. So I got a little diverted, and I've always been so interested in so many different things that I've never really committed to. I've never been driven like for one thing, like a lot of you guys. And I'm not a very good self promoter either, you know. So I've just been doing it for fun, and you know, like like everything happened to me by accident. I never said I'm going to be a stand up comedian. Well, one day I did decide I'm going to be a stand up comedian, and then right. I did make that happen. But I never thought about fame or fortune or L.A. or I wanted to go to New York. I know that. Right. But, you know, I never really had a plan. I just kind of went with the way things were going, you know? Yeah. It's a tough business, but I think you have to love it, obviously, to go up there uh, and do it um, like we do. I mean, we, the car we... was stacked against me. I don't have any friends. I'm not from Pittsburgh. I can't play guitar. I mean, you know, it's like... <laughs> 
Oh, you know. <laughs> you can... Oh, I have to be friend. <laughs> well, you guys have the matching heads, so that's good. Yeah, okay. yeah you're there. You're there on that end. But um, but no, this is awesome. We, uh, I just want to tell you, just sitting down with you, me and you talked a lot that night, and uh, I, I just thank you for advice and and the nice kind words you said about us and and uh, you're you're a stand-up guy and and uh, we just enjoyed it and I can't wait to do another show with you uh, in the future and. Um, yeah, we're we always we, welcome. We, You're always welcome. Listen, we really appreciate good people in this industry because there's a lot of shit. Yes. In this yeah. fucking industry, a lot of shit. And uh, we really appreciate good people. So, uh, and we want to thank you I, for coming on the show no, today. Thank you. I feel honored. See, my, I feel honored. I see good guys like you doing a great job with a huge following, and I'm like, they're gonna let me be on their show. That's great. And then I do the show, and I have a great time. And then like, what else could you ask for? I mean, yeah. what else is there? You know, hey. that, that makes you happy, man. That makes me happy. Hey, you yeah, know what? Well, you know, having you here today is, was fantastic. So it was either you or this drunk that was around the corner. <laughs> that we saw, so. It doesn't stop yelling but in he, the neighborhood. He, actually, yeah. he, he was actually, here last week, He though. actually said no. So we couldn't even book him. We couldn't book him. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, we, we didn't so, want to push his wheelchair today. So, so we're like, so, so, so uh, next time we meet, we'll have the crown ready. <laughs> we'll, we'll have the crown and, and, and ginger ready. And uh, that was a that was a great. The, the thing I remember is I remember somebody coming in, one of the waiters or whatever, at the end, and we showed him the bottle that we finished off, and he's like, "You guys drank all that?" We're like, "Yep." <laughs> then we then we went out to the bar. <laughs> so, <laughs> So that yeah. was a great night. We want to thank you for coming on. Uh, this will actually drop uh, tomorrow, uh, and I will send you the link of the uh, the podcast. And then we'll have some visuals, um, and we'll send you some. Uh, we'll send you that when it's up and running on the uh, on the podcast, uh, the visual end of it. Right, Z? I mean, right. we'll have that. Yeah, Mike, before we get out of here, can you plug all your social media tags and how people could get a hold of you on the Internet if they're looking to do uh, improv with you? Yeah, michaelpanzika.com. I'm also uh, Mikey Comic on Instagram or Stand Up Guy 2020. Awesome. So uh, Michael I'm all over Facebook. I got a bunch of pages on there. I'm on Instagram, and uh, yeah, that's how you find me. And I, I really enjoyed doing this with you guys too, man. I had no, a great time. Absolutely. Do you, before we let you go, do you ever come up north? You ever come up the York area? The I can, and I have reasons to. And I mean, my okay. parents. I live in Ohio and Cincinnati, and. I have reasons to go up north. I have friends up there, so I, I, I don't have anything planned, but I can go up there okay. if I want to go up there. Absolutely. Ohio might be. Ohio might. You know, we're playing Cleveland. I don't know. You might want to. We'll do a home game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, uh, we thank you, and we'll reach out to you. I'll reach out to you, obviously, and Tony and, and Louie. And uh, we want to right. thank you again, and uh, you're welcome anytime. Keep killing it, and uh, we'll see you out there. All right, and I'll have you guys on my podcast too, Stand Up Guy Radio with uh, absolutely without Romero. Yeah, we have a we have a good we have a good thing. All right, guys, awesome. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Thanks, brother. Thanks, Thanks, guys. You are listening to Hold the Sarcasm. There you are. What up? Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Penseca, Penseca. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but I want to thank both of those guys. <laughs> he was awesome. Uh, if you're in Florida, check him out. Thank you for listening to Hold the Sarcasm. And again, if you are a Patreon member, uh, thank you again. $10 will get you the VIP. And being a VIP member, you become a producer of our podcast. And with that... 
We have Luke Greco with the producers of Hold the Sarcasm. Yes, guys, the producers, Ann Warner, Craig Sesti, Allison Cooper, Tina Mazzone, Joe Darling, Mary Kay Noto, Lauren Macario, Tia Pelich, Lucrezia Cecchi, Joanne Townsend, Gina Arguez, Celestina Valente, Leonardo Fiorica, Pat Gelanzo, Patty Warner, and Robert Volpe. Thank you guys so much. If you guys want to become a Patreon member, a VIP member, a producer, check out patreon.com slash the Uncle Louie Variety Show. Hold the sarcasm just like that. And you'll be becoming uh, $10 a month, a producer. And we will say your lovely name at the end of the podcast. Yes. All right, guys. Another one down. Number 14, I believe. Z, great show. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe and drop a review on all our podcast platforms. You can also follow along at the UncleLouisVarietyShow.com and DisruptionNetwork.net. This has been a Disruption Network production.